Hello everyone and welcome to Artist Date. My name is Pedro Bonato, this is Jana Komarnitska and uh, today we are in Luxor in Egypt after a month and change in Egypt. We spent about a month in, uh, about no, exactly a month nice. in Cairo and now we are here in Luxor for a few days already and uh, in this show, we try to talk to you about travel, about our work as uh, artists, as I'm a musician, photographer, and as a dancer, teacher, choreographer. And uh, for the fa past few years, couple years, I guess, we have been uh, traveling around uh, quite a lot. And then we had to stop for a bit. And then uh, now we're back in our travels and uh, we want to take you together with us as we learn, as we grow, as we develop. And um, if you are new to the show, welcome. If you are a returning uh, listener, thank you for being with us. Uh, if you are uh, listening on uh, podcast apps, know that you have the option of actually watching us on YouTube and vice versa. You can actually watch us on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube and you would rather take us on the road whenever you're doing uh, anything as a, like we have this as a podcast format for you. You can find that at yanadance.com slash artist date. You can also find that on my website, which is pedrobonato.com slash artist date. And with that, Yana, let's talk a little bit about our experience back on the road. Yeah, so this is going to be the first episode actually about our experience so far in Egypt. Because previous one we did record in Egypt, we were already in Cairo, but it was kind of like talking about previous experience of uh, staying in Sao Paulo. Uh, and this one is going to be about Egypt, uh, which is going to be interesting. Um, yes. And... Uh, Right away, I kind of want to address from the point of view that our work as a creative work is specialized a lot and related a lot to Egyptian music and dance. Mm -hmm. You play drums, play some Egyptian repertoire along with other. I do ballet dance, that's what I teach. I do a lot of folkloric dances, including Egyptian folklore. And for someone uh, who may be not familiar with this industry, maybe like, oh, Egypt, it should be like perfect uh, paradise, like every, so many opportunities, it's like so many things available. And in fact, it's actually interesting because there are many things here, but they're hidden. And you really need to know and find and they are not in touristic areas because first months we took very easy in terms of our like creative work or creating content around here. We more like cho uh, chose to uh, focus on uh, uh, like typical touristic places. We've been to pyramids three times, yeah. pyramids of Giza, then we went to Saqqara, to museums, like we did all the main uh, main routes in Cairo. Specifically, and now here we're in Luxor, um, but uh, observing from the side, uh, I kind of feel and realize how if you come here just for like one, two weeks and you don't really know places or things, how actually difficult it is to find, even like trying to find some Belgian shows. Like, okay, if you go with a tour group, and they will put you somewhere like on the boat or like some organized dinner but actually there is a big ballet dance scene in Cairo it just 
actually for locals, it's not for tourists. And for tourists, you need to really figure out where those places are, how to get to them, how to reserve, like if you need to reserve a table, who exactly will be performing, which you never know in advance. You, like, if you call in the morning to ask which dance is performing uh, tonight, and if it's actually that dancer, you're in luck, <laughs> because it may be changing very much. Uh, like you pretty much on those things can't really plan uh, mostly like let's say in advance in a week or so like oh, on that date I'll go there to see this dancer like some yes sometimes like they have regular like schedule but in most cases even if they have schedule something changes something comes up uh, but that's not really uh, touristic places and even me being from the like dance industry knowing at least the dances that I want to see like etc and we didn't go to any dance shows, but we were trying to figure out, okay, how to find this information. So once we are back from Luxor, we'll start going to the shows. And I, I realized how confusing it was uh, actually to, to figure out. And the same applies to many other things because our it's such a contrast between those hidden germs of like cool, interesting stuff and obvious touristic places, which also... Uh, sort of germs on them the gems gems yes. not germs <laughs> gems on their own but they are like obvious ones like you know and then they're surrounded with all the hustle which is a separate yeah. topic and it's yeah. such big contrast yeah one thing that also you said like right away talk about certain things i just want to mention that um the things you're gonna like when we contrasting countries we've been to and um it may sound that we're going to speak in absolutes, like this place is like this, or these yeah. people are like that. That's not what we're doing. It's the general impression and, uh, let's say, the, the patterns of behavior and the things that happen. And our goal with this, first of all, is for us to like understand how those things impact us and also hopefully to bring some <laughs> wisdom to you uh, as the listener whenever you decide to when you decide to go to come to Egypt, for example. And um, my first observation is like the thing that you're talking about is this, uh, this contrast, this um, dichotomy between really cool, profound, interesting, beautiful things and the most scumbaggy ones like um, Right away, um, to compare just our previous trip, because we actually, on a previous episode, we talked about uh, travel and safety. And uh, we were saying, like, for example, like in Brazil, you'll not wear rings, you're not going to go in most cities, or at least in the big cities. You're, you're going to be very uh, careful regarding safety. Here, uh, I mean, there is Arabic Spring, there's all sorts of things that could happen, uh, like in countries like Egypt, which are more, let's say, politically unstable sometimes. But overall, as a tourist, you are pretty safe. Like, um, uh, we, at least that's the information that we got from a lot of friends that live here and a lot of people that were talking about the tourism industry, how, like, the police tries to, like, really not allow, uh, like, I don't know how it is for Fires. local people. But for at least for tourists, crime, I would say, like at least direct petty crime or, or someone with a gun coming towards you or trying to steal your phone, that's not really a thing here. It's very different than what we had in Sao Paulo. Well, 
in many places around the world it's not really that common it just happened that we were in brazil where it can happen so that's yeah. why like we kind of like on that note thinking but yes the even the impression that you get like it, it feels like in this sense pretty safe but there is another like layer of what you need to deal on day-to-day -day basis as a tourist yeah. in at least in touristic areas because there are some parts of even cairo more like international so it's a little bit less there but in all touristic places you need to deal with yeah and this this thing of like the cool thing that is interesting about at least so far right we've been here for a month uh in change and uh the um, it's this connection between the sublime and the ridiculous like that's how i can i can say like um uh, there is and it's not like we were not vaccinated against this <laughs> like uh, we were first scammed in uh el sheikh which is like uh it's like a beach city in uh, the red sea and uh, it's very cool like it was very nice but it was i don't know if we actually talked about this in our um in our uh, episodes but if we did i'm sorry but the, the, here's like a little bit of the story so we were in Sharm el Sheikh and uh, this a very touristic area and we decided to, it's basically a beach area that is a lot of resorts one next to the other. Very different than beaches in Brazil in general. Uh, and uh, we decided to go walk around and saw some shops and um, suddenly I see a guy and he's uh, an older guy and he's smoking his um, shisha, which is this water pipe that they have here, which I love. And, but he was smoking in the really old way, like it's this non-flavored tobacco and it's like super like roots. And I was like, okay, let's, I would love to see how it is. And Egypt has this, uh, let's say, aura of hospitality and people being very nice, which is partially true. And in this case, the guy said, oh, sure, come, let's have a shisha in my shop. We went there, I was looking at his shop. Um, and then right away, I, was, I looked at they had these beautiful bottles with this like creams and soaps and uh, oils. oils and essences. <laughs> and then uh, we looked at that. It's all oh, cool, nice. And then suddenly comes this guy that he calls that is the owner of that part of the shop. And um, we're sitting, we're having coffee, they're talking. And then uh, basically the guy starts showing there's this one, there's that one. Are you looking for this or for that? And we were basically just saying like, no, we're just looking. And he gets a couple of like oh we have this different sizes of bottles and he starts pouring the ones we liked in certain bottles and then but he liked, says, uh, not like liked we want to get like like he asked oh do you nice. like it yeah, and you we say like yeah it. it's yeah, nice yeah, like, <laughs> then he starts pouring there it, so it's all a uh, technique and we will get to that in a bit but basically we're sitting there and then you feel already like okay we're sitting we're with them in their shop um he starts pouring that, and then he puts like, oh, this would be like about 40, 50 euros, like in this three bottles of 100 milliliters. And then after we were left to the place, um, we found out that those items cost like $5 and not 50. Uh, and I remember like Yana got very upset and I got very upset. But what I thought was like, damn it. I was, I was already in Istanbul, I was already like, we already had that kind of experience mm -hmm. of people like hustling and telling different prices depending on how much they think they can get from you. And I thought, I thought like stupid for falling for it. And then at the same time, I thought this has been happening for hundreds of years in this, not only in the Middle East, but everywhere. 
uh, that people are like, as John Lennon would say, like everybody's hustling for a buck and a dime. I scratch your back and you knife mine. Um, but basically, the way that I thought about that uh, time was, okay, I'll consider this as vaccination. I'll consider this as a lesson. It's a $50 lesson on how to deal with these things. And since then, uh, we did not have much experience with, um, let's say, hustlers. But uh, It we, also was uh, our very first day in Sharm el-Sheikh yes. and we didn't have a... Uh, strategy for our communication because when we were yes. there it was sitting like I was like maybe Pedro really wants those oils <laughs> because I don't really need them but maybe he wants and then he was sitting there thinking like maybe I really want them so yeah. that's how we kind of ended up getting them yeah but it is indeed a technique how they over time we you. discovered that they're doing that all the time and they have different techniques and as we're going to mention another story here that happened that happened to me again i i call this my booster shot which was as soon as we got from i know it seems like we're trashing on egypt and uh, that culture but that's not what we're doing just saying just this is how it is this is how it happens um and we'll talk about the sublime parts the cool parts later uh, that compensate for that element. But it's important to note that at least it was, a that's the useful thing, is the shift in mentality and in, in the, the shift in our approach to the hustling, let's say. And um, anyway, so after we had that experience, we went again to Turkey to a couple other places and then we did not get duped into those kinds of uh, uh, things. But... Um, we i got like sad about that and then when we were in cairo um i was trying to find a beer store which i understand it's a muslim country majority muslim country uh so they may not have it readily available uh, and then afterwards we discovered that basically every shop sells they just can't show so it's basically an illegal thing for certain them but then they actually have actual legal stores where you can go and i went on my little pilgrimage trying to find my beer for the evening uh, and uh, as i was looking on google maps I was, and it was we were in a very let's say rough part rough quote unquote uh, of giza very close to the pyramids that was very cool very so, local part yeah and it's international in the sense there are many tourists coming to see pyramids but there are no really tourists they're that passing live through there. that area yeah, yeah. And um, it's very, let's say, poor area too, like, which is very sad to see. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, I was passing by, like, looking at Google Maps, trying to find the, the streets, uh, trying to navigate Cairo traffic by walking, crossing streets, which is a whole separate conversation. But trying to find beer, great. Um, I get close to the, the, the store and I'm, let's say, I don't look Egyptian because everybody comes and says, hello, hello, hello. Uh, and suddenly this guy comes very confident and he says, oh, hello, are you going to the beer shop? I'm like, actually I am. Uh, and they were still trying to figure out where it was. And then he said, oh, it's right there. It's my shop. Let's go. I'm like, oh, okay. So he's coming back. Great. Uh, to his shop. I go there and it was this hole on the wall, literally, so that you usually, at least in that area, you don't go inside to choose uh, your selection of, of, uh, of booze. You just have to point and say what you want. But the guy goes and he confidently opens the door and he says hello to the clerk. The clerk is looking and then he says, oh, okay, he's the boss. He's the owner. That's what he told me. And then uh, he said, oh, what do you want? Heineken, this, they have a very short, small selection um, compared to 
most countries. And then I thought, okay, no, I want to try local beers. Uh, then I said, oh, there's this and this and that. I asked which one was the best. It was this one. And then I said, oh, how much it is? And then uh, he said it was basically, he said it was uh, 200 pounds, Egyptian pounds, which basically is... Um, Almost $7. Yes. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's like, I don't know, Iceland or maybe it's like Canada where beer is actually expensive. Um, and um, it didn't occur to me that he was duping me because I thought he told me he was the owner. Also, the question that you hear here all the time, I never had to reply to this question so many times, which is, where are you from? Where are you from? And I thought it, at first that they were thinking that the hustlers were just interested in where you are, but no, they're actually trying to figure out how to approach you because every country will be approached in a different way. Uh, in my case, Brazil, which is usually they talk about soccer and they actually are into the enthusiastic, less most people around the world that like soccer, they really like the Brazilian team. I'm probably the only Brazilian that as an asshole does not like soccer, uh, but like we play along at school. Like it's nice that it's a part of culture, the Brazilian culture that is international, which is kind of cool. But this guy says, oh, it's 200 pounds. Oh no, but uh, I said, well, I have 300. He says, no, it's okay, I'll give you three mm. beers. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go out and then as I'm going out, He's in this little, like, it's called tutus, tutuks? What's tutuks. Tutuks. It's this little, let's say, it's almost like a, it's a hybrid between a car and a motorcycle. So the guy goes in front and you sit on the carriage on the back. Uh, they, very common here. He says, oh, do you want a ride? And I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm just going to walk. Uh, then as I was getting home, it dawned on me. I should have Googled the price of beer in Egypt. And then when I got back home, this is like first or second night, I was like, oh, no, it's actually 40 pounds, not 200. Uh, and, um, and I was thinking, okay, the first thing I thought, okay, cool, at least he didn't stab me, that, well, how that could have happened in Brazil, um, but it was intrinsically dishonest and something he probably did many times to tourists. And he probably paid 40 pounds. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I gave him 300 pounds and then he was talking to the clerk like in Arabic and then he gave me some cash and he kept the rest. That's the first clue that I got afterwards. So um, very friendly, very nice. He knew some, oh, my cousin is in Leblon, which is a neighborhood in Sao Paulo. And a nice conversation as he was duping me. And it's like, okay, it's 300 pounds. It's what, $10 that... Um, uh, it should have cost three or not even, yeah, like three dollars. But then I thought, okay, that's my booster shot. So it's the approach you have for those kinds of things. And then uh, after that, uh, there was, whenever you go, especially one that was kind of sad was in the pyramids, which I really wanted to see. We should mention in the, that I am a crazy, like ancient Egypt nerd. So I was really looking forward to seeing a lot of the ancient places and it's you're hustled all the time especially if you're not in a tour in a group so that almost almost uh, uh spoils the experience um but so there is this dichotomy between the beautiful in front of the pyramids and then you have to deal with smell of uh, camel and horse poop and usually animals that are really badly treated yeah. and that was like come on like and the, they will not stop hustling until you are disrespectful at least what we would consider disrespectful towards them and that's non-stop 
all the time, 24 hours a day, as soon as you walk out of the house. Actually, you don't even need to walk out of the house. Sometimes they will come and knock on your door to ask you for things. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that that's literally happened, happened in our Airbnb. Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. So um, it gives uh, so it gives a bad taste in your mouth. The experience, uh, to be to be honest, like it was in a way for me at least uh, exactly what I expected. Very disappointing at the same time, and I was glad to be able to experience certain things as we discussed, like watching uh, a few of the music shows that we did, having the experience of like uh, playing me, like suddenly the guys from this band uh, that we were going to watch, the Yana mentioned, like from Suez region, so it's this like sailor songs, and uh, I, we were probably the only foreigners that were not like living here. Um, and they actually wanted to take photos with us, and they were very happy that we were there to um, watch their like uh, their music. They got very impressed that I actually played drums, played darbuka. Mm -hmm. So it had this bittersweet situation. And uh, anyway, I'll stop talking because uh, <laughs> you go ahead. No, no, I'll just pick up on the same topic. I just want to add a, a couple of things. Like, so one of the layers of that, um, I don't know, say hospitality or helpfulness, at least that we already experienced uh, several times was the example that, uh, okay, there's all this, this non-stop hustle. And it's not just like once or twice, like it's, you sometimes go through the street and it's non-stop, like two, three people try to go to you one after another after another. It's ten really people. overwhelming. Not yeah. at once, ten, but yeah. two at once can. Yes. <laughs> ten not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless it's kids, but that's a different thing. Yeah. So you walk, and my strategy person is like, I don't engage, I just ignore. I just walk, I try not to do any eye contact. If I need something, I'll stop, then I'll talk. But in general, like that's just my strategy, how I deal with these things. Usually Petro does all talking and usually he's actually very nice because he's actually replying them like, no, thank you, no, thank you. Instead of just ignoring, he considers me being extremely rude. Or oh, how can I not reply to them? It's like, no, I, I need to be focused. Otherwise I, I'll just, it will spoil everything. Yeah, yeah, it's already on the edge. But anyway, but there was a couple of times that I got so at the edge that I, although I don't usually engage, I start several times had situations that I was screaming at a person in terms like, stop it, get out, leave us alone. Like, you know, like we're screaming. And I'm usually a very patient and very calm person. Yeah. <laughs> so for me to get to the point that I'm not just like frustrated or angry with someone, but like yell at someone, it really yeah. takes a long time. But a couple of times it's already happened. Already a couple of times, which yeah. I think I yelled twice. More often than in the last, I don't know how I many years. I <laughs> never saw you yell. No, I saw you yelling once. That's okay. it. Except yeah. uh, this one. But then it happened that I was like, no, enough, like, get out of it. And every time those either they st just stopped and they leave, or someone else, third person, shows up, someone from the locals, and they start yelling at them to leave us alone. And they even apologize, yeah. oh, I'm sorry about this. So people, random strangers, uh, who that are not have, in the touristic industry, or probably. Or they yeah. may have interest in you, too, as a tourist, but they will yeah. just come, help you to get out of that. And after that, they didn't bother us like, in those situations. Like, I don't remember. They who? Like, third person. Like, it, they're no, not no, coming they're just going to no. try to get your attention. Like, no, no, they're actually coming to help you and, like, 
make that person who is bothering you go away and leave you alone. So that also is nice. And that's why I'm saying like uh, right now it's, it's a month which is for travel trip. It's a long, mm -hmm. but it's also just one month, especially understanding and seeing how many layers in Egypt is. So mm -hmm. we kind of experienced a little bit of really awesomeness, which yes. I think there is more. And unfortunately, a lot of <laughs> yeah. not that good stuff. But we also understand in the way that this is probably the edges. And there is so much in between, so much yeah. more to see and explore that it's uh, exciting and hopefully will override all these annoying things, which this time also will be kind of forgotten. Yeah, it's like, and the, to, to make clear, like, that's one of the things, like, coming from both of us actually come from countries that have been um, oppressed and have been, uh, like, taken over by uh, other uh, cultures throughout time, like in the case of Ukraine with uh, Russia, in case of Brazil before with Portugal, and then, uh, especially, like, in the 60s, 70s, like, in Brazil, Actually, you can even think about before that we had a military dictatorship that was basically controlled by uh, like the United States in a way you could say. So, uh, and Egypt has a long, long, long history of invasions and people uh, taking over their lands. Um, but one thing that is, so you have to be mindful that each country will develop in different ways. And uh, it's an extremely poor uh, people like just like like in yeah. I would say they're more, sometimes more than Brazil even though Brazil has some places which are abject poverty uh, ridden um, and here I would say as well um, and um, it's very sad that there is this vicious cycle that is they hassle you because they know there is it's just basic economics they know they're not going to see you again so they have this short-term thinking that let me try to get your attention and try to dupe you and if it's not you it will be the person in five minutes from now that's one one element of it um what they're not thinking of course is long term you want people to have a good experience in your country and then you can compete not on the hustle but in the quality of your services they usually do not have that mindset here. Again, when I say they, it's usual, it's the pattern of behavior that we observe. Um, and I think the whole reason, like, okay, we are sharing also our experience and what brought our attention, occupied our attention during like this month, but also for like people who may want to travel just to be ready. Yes. Uh, because, uh, okay, we can talk about only cool and nice stuff and many people, many travelers do do it and there is a lot of that and a lot that we haven't discovered yet, but it's also not a complete picture. So, yeah. and in every country there will be some elements that are great and some elements that are dumb. Like in this case, right now, that's what we experience here. Yeah. <laughs> but every country will have its own uh, And it's the little things like, for example, like in... Um, we're... As we were walking around, and uh, as I mentioned, I'm an ancient history like nerd. So, like, I was telling Yana about, oh, like, I like this place because of this. Like, I was basically giving a little tour for her, at least. Little. <laughs> from the point we, of view, yeah. I'll just emphasize it. We came to Giza pyramids three times, yeah. and every time it was at least five hours. <laughs> yeah, and it was um, like. It was a dream for me to go to these ancient places and this dream was changed throughout time by many layers. It was like when I was a kid, just for you to have an idea of how deep it goes to me, uh, both the beauty and the disappointment. Um, it was first was like when I was about eight, 
I got this National Geographic book that used to come with like the uh, like weekly uh, newspapers like in Brazil and I really enjoyed it and I loved it and I was um, uh, so I started learning about ancient Egypt then later on I started liking uh, Arabic music which actually has nothing very little to do not nothing but very little to do with ancient Egypt uh, but uh, um, I mean that's that's uh, debatable but it's like one of the invader cultures that came to ancient Egypt um, and it's the latest one that's been for a long time so I love the Arabic music and at the same time like, with belly dance too and also I started getting into really 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 let's say ancient e Egypt theories like, uh, about like lost civilizations and things like that and I really wanted to see for myself certain things which are not at all touristic even though they are in the touristic places it seems that they're not there so it's really really looking forward to to seeing this and also my interest in doing like fashion related to ancient places so it's really looking forward to that experience it was we've been trying to come to egypt for many years like and uh, we to finally were here yeah to come but egypt in general like um and we finally were there and then suddenly uh we have to deal with all those things to the point which those little things that I mentioned I did this preamble to get to this point I cannot have a conversation with Yana walking on the street because we start talking and people immediately one after the other every 30 seconds someone comes and they demand your attention and it's okay we, let's say I made peace with the fact that I have to be rude which means if someone talks to me I'm not gonna talk to them I'm already even used to saying no thank you bye get out like doing those things which to me do not come naturally i do not like to treat people this way and at the same time let's say that i'm just ignoring them and then we were trying to have a conversation about what something jan observed or something that i observed we simply cannot have the conversation on the street because there are dollar signs flowing around us i think uh and uh, they're really trying to get to us that's one thing the second thing is People usually go, that's the vicious cycle that I was talking about. They really try to hustle. So, of course, there is a market reply to this, which is make air-conditioned buses and tours that take tourists. Let's go to this place all together. Let's go to this place outside all together. And then you can hassle or hustle around the people that are not in my group. Otherwise, you will have troubles. Also, remember, this is a country that has... a. a like an authoritative regime in a way so something to keep in mind that it's what people can do like so I understand that element too at the same time it's this lack of vision of it's basically using niceness as a weapon to take your money and at the same time the other thing like as a contrast and this is a criticism towards myself that I keep thinking about this it's like I'm worried about paying let's say three dollars for a beer let's say haha and then I'm thinking well in Canada it was like five bucks and if you're going to a bar it's going to be 10 or 12. But it's not about money it's I know not it's about not about money, about money because yeah. uh, how many times we've been in a restaurant nice place like we really yes. enjoy nice food mm -hmm. like oh let's come back there tomorrow the two days and then they bring a bill and in at least half, at least, and I'm already nice, at least half of the cases, they will try to overcharge. overcharge yeah. There will be, a, okay, they may put in the menu there is this for taxes and this for service, but then they will start putting, like, as if they brought you, and this and this and this and this, and it's like, I didn't order this. And then you have this argument and conversation that they, and they're trying to overcharge you and make you pay what you would actually pay at anyway, all yeah. in tips yourself 
But because yeah. you feel that they're trying to press and scam you, first of all, you feel like, why would I pay tips for being scammed? Like, and then I don't want to come back here. So it's yeah. not about money, it's just this attitude. Because yeah. in general, like, there's not much things that we were scammed, like, or even tried to, like, at least now, interest scammed a lot. Where? In general, like in you mean, the, you mean here, here in, in, in oh, Egypt, we've yeah. been scammed a lot. No, I mean in terms of numbers, like okay, yeah, it will be ten times do, yeah. uh, difference between five dollars and fifty dollars, but it's not yeah. like a scams like for few hundred dollars, uh, yeah, something uh, like that. And it's one of those things that um, I don't know hustle mentality, which I appreciate. They're trying to make money. They're trying to to like. It is a cultural thing to let's say not standardize prices. Right? And not um, write them down. <laughs> yeah, and not write them down, trying to see how and much you can get why, from you. That's mm -hmm. why one of the first questions, where you're from? Because by that, yeah. I remember in Sharm el Sheikh experience, because I speak several languages, and we spoke yeah. in English, but we said, oh, from Brazil, so it was one price. And another couple yeah. comes and they speak different language, and I realized that the guy in the store who was very nice to us, we felt like, oh my God, it's the first person who is not trying to hustle us. That's why mm. we came to his store. Uh, and then I realized that for the same item, he gives them way different price. Yeah. And then you sit and feel like, okay, how can I trust you? Like, like you know, it's it's not even money. It's just the the relationships. Honesty. Just the honesty. Yes. Yeah. Like, and um, it's just um, anyway. You can always get into the trap of thinking uh, that it's just a cultural thing, but. We know it's not because even embedded in the culture here, there is, and I understand, again, not criticizing that, each country does whatever they want, but for people from Arabic countries, the prices are lower officially in, yeah. uh, let's say you want to go to a museum uh, and it's going to be usually about 10 times the price to, for a foreigner. Uh, and by a foreigner, I mean a non-Arabic country person, including other countries in Africa. Anyway, people do whatever they want on that, uh, like give discounts, let's say, for different people. And they have different incomes. But I know a lot of like people from Brazil are as poor sometimes as, of course, if they're traveling to Egypt, it's because they actually have yeah. some means, right? Some money. And it's one thing like, okay, it's written official, like, okay, there are differences in prices uh, for one nationality and another. Fine, because it's written, it's the rules. You may be happy or not happy with the rules, but then it's your decision how to approach it. It's another story that a situation when someone is trying to uh, lie to you and pretend that, oh my God, they're making you such a great offer and they're really trying to make you feel good and uh, ripping their heart out to give you like that price, such a great deal, when in fact they're actually scamming you. Even the situation like two years ago in Sharm el-Sheikh, mm. we were in the store and we actually went into the store because that was one of the few guys that did not hustle us and it was a beautiful place and we were looking at some items and we started talking and we really felt comfortable. We felt like, oh, maybe it's the person like normal. But then I speak different languages and uh, several languages and when we came to the store we were speaking in English and uh, about Brazil, Egypt, all the stuff. And then another couple comes in and they speak different language and they ask the price and the guy also, the sellers, it's just like in Turkey, they kind of speak basics of many different languages here. So the guy replies to them and I'm sitting there and I realize that for the same item that we were asking, he gave them completely different price. And then I'm sitting there like, how can I 
not even trust, but how can I feel good yeah. sitting and talking and continue talking to you then I know you are actually scamming us. So it's not about money per se, it's about this attitude and relationship. But yeah. let's switch, I guess, to slightly different corner. Like we are talking today about two extremes. This again, we're sharing just for you to be aware because if you're coming first time and not prepared, uh, mindset and with practical, like, you know, um, Expectations. Expectations, yes. And the technique <laughs> to deal with hustlers. Because yeah. even after you're scammed, they're going to scam you again in different ways. Yeah, so just to be prepared because if you're not prepared, you will fall in those scams and afterwards it will really spoil, spoil your experience. And there is a lot to be seen and experienced here that it would be very sad if that part will be spoiled for you. So that's the reason why we're sharing to talk about both elements. But the cool element, what we only now start slightly getting into is that um, realization of how much is actually here and it's not touristy things or touristic places although they will be so cool to see from for people from many different cultures like even literally you're a drummer you're interested in drumming you were actively looking for events music events and then the day before we come to Luxor and we already booked our trip, like it's already set up, like transportation, accommodation, all that stuff, you find out that literally this, this the same days there is a huge drumming festival. Yeah, all over Cairo, yeah. And very difficult to find information about it. There is no information in English about it. Even this uh, very cool experience, which is... Um, and it's not about like, oh, this thing is touristic or not, because there is, let's say... Um, Let's see a fetish of the authentic and the experiences only I have, which exists, unfortunately, in the travel world anywhere. Uh, it's like uh, that thing of like, oh, you didn't go to this place. Oh, so you didn't experience that spot. Come on. Right. And of course, there's stuff that is made for tourists, which will change the dynamics of things. And at the same time, there is stuff that is made for locals, which uh, having someone that is not from there will change the, the experience. So with that said, uh, it was really cool to that your friend lives here. She's French. She lives here and she said, oh, there is this group that is playing tonight. And I remember I almost didn't go that night, if you remember, because the Uber drivers uh, were like, let's say, confused with locations and ways. That's a different topic. Let's but not that's, get into that's that. <laughs> but more, the moral of the story is in the in traffic is chaotic here. I thought Brazilian traffic is chaotic. And um, to use a sexual analogy, it's the difference between holding hands and sadomasochism. <laughs> it's like, it's chaos here. Uh, and they, I almost didn't go, I had to switch drivers because they, they did not want to go over there and all that stuff. But then, sorry, I got there and it was like that hustle, that uh, hustle, that, that um, uh, like bad experience. And you have to go around traffic and cross streets where they have like four lanes and cars are going around. But then at the same time, right after we go to this small theater and this band, there's three generations of musicians from the Suez region. And they're singing and they're so happy and they have these old guys which are dancers too. And they have the guy that has this amazing, beautiful voice. And they combine, let's say, both the more classical elements of Arabic music with the music that is folkloric. 
and they're using this instrument that is uh, actually very much like specifically Egyptian and very much related to even ancient Egypt that's actually remnant just like the Darbuka is like from really ancient times and the Isomakans and different scales and all that it was priceless to see and I would say priceless because it actually I was actually no this should be more expensive yeah this should be on stages this should be uh, actually that would be let's say a quote-unquote authentic experience for a tourist to come and see and I mentioned about a tourist because it was the first time in my life that they asked to take photos with me right so uh, which is really cool and uh, then talking about and then showing him okay I can play the music of your land and they actually liked and then they were like going to play together uh, so that was really cool um, as we we're going away from Cairo, and Cairo is like this, let's say, very dirty city and very tense when you're there. And as we we're going out, we saw there was like sort of like a dust, uh, not storm, but like it was very dusty. So the sun was setting uh, yeah. and it was literally behind the pyramids and we were just in the Uber not behind, somewhere. it kind of was in between. Yeah, like... in between two pyramids. So because of that, let's say, um, um, optical effect, it gets huge it's like you think it's photoshopped and you could look directly into the sun because there was that usually you would not be able to look directly into the sun you would not be able to see that because it would be cloudy and cloudy is not the same thing as having a deep layer of sand mm -hmm. that is blowing around this is just two examples like you were gonna have probably other ones like seeing the tanura dancers and um, seeing them whirling that ancient spot that we went to see uh, a show uh, it, it, it's fascinating it's very interesting how um, much and how little we, like we saw and again repeating like one month it's along for someone who's taking vacation but it's also very little to be like you know in the country and especially we are taking it like slow paced for yeah in general compared to like regular people's trips but uh, I think it's also what happens with many people who come here and actually stay to live mm. it's where they they see like oh I'll just come for two three months here uh but it's they're already familiar let's say they have certain interest in egypt and then they come and especially if they don't know because many things that we find out that because someone who we knew who lives here said oh by the way there is this thing here or there's this thing here so that's why we saw some things already or discovered about some things. If yeah. it was just us, we would probably, it, we would find certain things, but it would take much longer yes. time. And then, so when people come here with the idea like, oh, in two, I want not like one, two weeks, I want two, three months to experience like the life, the culture, find things here. But then it takes a while to start getting into it. It may get, be like a slow pace of finding things. So at the end of two, three months, they start feeling like, oh yeah. my God, there is so much more. And that's the extent. And then there is again, oh, there is so much yeah. more. And they extend, and then they yeah. ended up actually staying and living here. Yeah, <laughs> and then the bad things become uh, sort of invisible. That's one of those things that, uh, for, that's what one of the people that we met, yeah. that uh, she's a uh, French teacher. She, French and she teaches French. And uh, she had experiences in many countries. And she says, oh, I don't even, she was asking us our experience when we were talking about the hustle. And they says, no, I don't even pay attention to that anymore. So I think a lot of things become invisible. And I mentioned that because 
as we were talking, we alluded to a couple times during the show <laughs> that crossing roads here, they don't believe in stop signs and they don't believe in um, uh, in um, pedestrian, pedestrian uh, like uh, crossings. So you just go just across the street and it's not like cars are going to wait for you. You go between the cars. It reminded me a lot of that game. I think it's on Atari that you are like this chicken and you have to go across the street with all the cars passing at different speeds. It's exactly what it is. What I did was like, okay, if that's how they do it, let me learn how to do it. And I basically saw a couple people and I was shadowing them. I was walking like together with them to the point that now I just go. I understand how it works. You pray to God that you're going to get to the other side of the street. And uh, I guess most of the time you do because their population is growing. So, uh, but anyway, like uh, dealing with that. So to me, it already became normal. The, the things like the car going on the wrong direction, like literally against you and the guy not phased at all, just keeps going. And then the tutu goes around and then there is a camel and then there is a horse. Yeah, and then someone turn. decides to turn from one side to all the other side and they just go. Like, and people keep going slowly and they're on their phones. Also, people here in the, uh, with, uh, in motorcycles, they do not wear helmets yeah. at all. Like there's like two guys that I saw wearing helmets. Uh, so, and they're on their phone and they're doing this and they're in the middle of this crazy traffic. And somehow it works, sort of. And um, so anyway, that's, I guess, uh, where you can stop here. That's the... That's our little preview of this multi-layered yeah. pie, <laughs> yeah. which Egypt is. And uh, it's going to be very interesting and exciting to, you know, yeah. dive deeper. <laughs> yes. And so with that, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we hope that uh, you're going to join us again on the next one. And uh, again, uh, my name is Pedro Bonato. This is Jana Komarnitska, and this has been Artist Date. See you next time.